0: In this episode, we have one of my favorite returning guests, Daniel, from Pronunciation and Fluency. He's here in honor of International Emoji Day, which is held on July 17th, since the emoji of the calendar says July 17th. So today, Daniel and I are going to go over the history of the emoji a bit, and then we're going to talk about how we use emoji differently in casual versus professional settings. We'll dive into the various uses and interpretations of emojis, the limitations of text-based communication. Plus, some internet etiquette you might not know about. I'm Bianca, your American accent coach, and I am here to tell you that your voice is your choice when it comes to your accent in English. And if you want to master an American accent for your personal or professional goals, I'm here to help. I've tried to release a podcast episode every two weeks, so subscribe to get more accent and English pronunciation as soon as they're released. And now, on with the show. So, Daniel, it's so nice to see you again. I haven't seen you since the last time we recorded an episode about advanced rhythm, and I've known you for a few years. Now, one of our great traditions is that we talk about emoji once a year, and I think it's been about three years since we've been doing this. Do you remember when we started?
1: I think it's been three years.
0: Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> so so this is our tradition. People don't maybe don't know you. There's another podcast episode already out there with you there, but Maybe you can just give a quick introduction of who you are, and then we're going to discuss this book called Because Internet, and we're only talking about a specific chapter. Today, we're talking about Chapter 5 because it is World Emoji Day. So, first of all, Daniel, tell people who you are.
1: Okay, so my name is Daniel. I am a pronunciation coach. English is not my first language. It's actually my second language. I live in Mexico and I work with students who are already people who are working in international companies and who want to perfect, well, not perfect, but people who want to improve their pronunciation in order to feel more confident at work. Because I know that sometimes communication tends to be a roadblock because many times students pay more attention to the way they say things and not to the message. So I try to work a lot with their mindset in order to make them feel more comfortable when speaking and when giving their presentations and when they need to go to interviews and so on. So that is what I do,
0: and that's super important, I think, in the workplace. I assume that most of your clients are working in international settings or a place where they need to use English at work. Is that right?
1: Yeah, correct. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I like about it it's because I am also a mechanical engineer and I also work for an international company, so I understand like the jargon. I understand like what's needed in companies, like the kind of vocabulary that people use. And for example, when people are going into interviews, it's like, okay, these are some tips that can help you. And specifically, for example, they are working on leadership positions. Like, okay, like these are the things that you need to pay attention to.
0: You know, because you're from within that background as well. For example, it's funny you mentioned jargon because if I'm familiar enough with the word, I'll be able to catch it, right? I'll be able to put it together if I'm the listener. But if it's some jargon that I'm not used to, then I'm sometimes I'm at a loss, you know, and it takes me a little while to get to where that person is going because I don't know what they know. So you being in that area, it's already really helpful because you're like, oh, yeah, I know the word you're trying to say here, right? Oh, and you're just off with this one little thing, whereas it might take me a little bit longer to get there. You see what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So our subject today is that we're going to be talking about emoji. First of all, happy emoji day. Yeah. Happy emoji day. And Emoji Day is on July 17th of every year, and the reason is because the emoji of the calendar just happens to be a little July and a 17th. And I wanted to just kind of start with a quick idea about what you just said and tie that in, and then we'll kind of come back around. But you were talking about working in an international setting, you know, a professional area. Have you ever run into issues where you do a gesture or you move your hands in a certain way, or you send an emoji that you think means one thing and it ends up meaning another thing. Have you ever had that issue?
1: Not at work. In person, probably, like, sending a face, like, a face that ends up having, like, a double sense meaning, and it's like, okay, I didn't mean to say that. (laughs)
0: Oops. (laughs) Probably that's
1: the case. But, for example, in terms of business and working in a company, I don't think that I've had a similar situation to that Mm. one because I normally don't use emoji, right?
0: Aha, aha. (laughs) that's why. Okay, so for you, where you're at, would you consider or would people in that field, would they consider emoji to be kind of unprofessional? Is there a reason that emoji isn't really used in your workplace?
1: Mm, I don't know. Well, I think that it depends on the person who you're Talking with, right? And it also depends a lot on your position in the company. Because if, for example, it is another person who's just like your coworker, I don't see any issues in using emoji, right? Actually, for example, if you use, I don't know if you use Microsoft Teams, you can also use emoji. You can also use GIFs and everything, right? So I think that it depends. And it also depends on how serious the conversation is. I will give you this example. If I am chatting with a coworker, then I will use it probably if it is a person who I know well. And if we have like a good relationship and if we are always working together, like okay, I don't see any issues in using it. But if I am talking to my boss, well, it's because I have a very good relationship with my boss. But (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't feel uncomfortable using it. But if it was a boss of another person and Mm. if it needs to be something a little bit more serious, then I would not use it because I think that this person would get the idea that I am very playful probably or that I am not so serious. So it depends on who you're talking with and also the position and the purpose of that communication, right? Mm -hmm. And for example, in my business, in my school, When we give information about the courses and everything, sometimes we just like emoji just because I think that it makes everything a little bit more relaxed Mm -hmm. and because it also gives you a different sense. Like, for example, it's not the same to only send words because then you don't know how the other person is going to read it. And if you use emoji, like it can help you support a little bit more your message with how you are really saying it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why sarcasm is so difficult when I'm you know, trying to text somebody or send an email. It's really difficult to get the meaning behind the words there. It's funny that you mentioned the relationship and the formality level because some, not all, but some emoji come kind of as, as a gesture, like thumbs up or a little wink. These are like actions, really, really specific actions. They can be culture specific, And so they may not mean one thing for one person and something else for somebody else, but they're still specific. They're still a gesture, like something we would do with our body. So I kind of think it's funny that we still don't use emoji sometimes in settings we think are maybe too formal. We don't know the person enough because you wouldn't like not gesture, right? You wouldn't just sit there really stiff and have a conversation. No intonation, no gestures. Like we wouldn't do that in person, but we're still not up to speed, I guess, with including that we haven't accepted it yet and as you said that I was thinking about recently I was on my Instagram and somebody mentioned that I use a lot of emoji in my captions in my Instagram and I thought yeah I spend like a lot of time (laughs) like like putting getting emojis like I really do spend a lot of time but the way that they said it and again this was all text just like you said I got the impression that they didn't like a lot of emoji or they thought it was silly or too playful maybe right. And I realized, hmm, I don't use emoji in my newsletter, but I do use it on my Instagram. I do use it on my TikTok, but not my YouTube. So I was thinking about all those places as well where I subconsciously find it appropriate or inappropriate. But we don't think about that with gesture, right? I don't think, oh, I'm not going to use my hands when I talk to this person. I'm not as censoring myself quite as much in that way. So I think it's just interesting what you said because emoji are still, you know, relatively new. And so maybe we're just not used to using them in all the places. That was one thought that I had. Essentially, we've got like four, let's say, parts of the chapter that we want to discuss today. So I'm going to just kind of quickly go over what it is we're talking about for people who don't know. So the book is called Because Internet, and it's written by a woman named Gretchen McCulloch. And Gretchen McCulloch is an internet linguist. And that means that she studies the language that we use on the internet, which, you know, is relatively new as a concept. If this is something that's interesting to listeners, then they can find Gretchen McCulloch on Tumblr. If you're in Tumblr, there's a podcast she co-hosts as well. And that's called Lingthusiasm. It's one of my favorite podcasts for sure. And if you are a Patreon kind of supporter, you get access to their Discord server, which is awesome and super nerdy. And I just love it so much. She's also the resident linguist for Wired Magazine, who I love. So I'm a pretty big fan of Gretchen McCulloch. And this book came out, I think, in 2019 or 2020. And I have to tell you that I bought it right away. when I read it and I loved it so much. And I remember a few years ago, I asked you when we, we used to be on Clubhouse, like, oh, please, let's do a panel to discuss emoji for Emoji Day. And you graciously accepted. And now it's kind of a tradition. So... I'm really excited that you want to continue this tradition with me. Tell us first, though, what do you like about emoji?
1: What I like about emoji is that it gives a totally different sense to the things that you write. Because I think that unless you are Shakespeare, (laughs) (laughs) everything that you write needs to be super correct and you need to choose the right word. So if you are not very skillful, Mm. then it can be a little bit more difficult to express things. So mm-hmm. if you're having an informal conversation with friends or something, you can just write something the same way you would say it, like when you are speaking, and then just add the emoji. And that emoji is going to help the other person understand a little bit more like the tone that you were using to say that thing. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I have bad advice, <laughs> but if you want to have a discussion or an argument with someone, do it on text or <laughs> WhatsApp or any other thing. Right, Because you know that when you are having an argument, like the other people just read it with their own voice and it's Mm -hmm. like, uh, Mm -hmm. you said that and you were angry. And in reality, you were not angry, but they read it probably because they had a bad day or something. Mm -hmm. And if you use emoji, it can be a little bit better and you don't need to be Shakespeare in order to express your ideas that (laughs) clearly. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes. To be really clear, I love your advice. Hey, if you want to get into an argument... Don't use emoji, just use text. That's a really good way yeah. to be misunderstood, right? Phone call. No, because yeah, if yeah, you yeah. really
1: wanted to have a good discussion with someone, it would be like, okay, what do you think if we better like have a phone call or something?
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Meet in person, yeah. video call, something. Yes, because there's, it's really disembodied, right? The text on a page or a screen now. Like it takes the words kind of out of us and away from our humanness. And then we have to kind of like put it all back together. And then I might kind of like put meaning there that isn't there or not get the meaning that was intended. So emoji kind of adds the body back in. And it can be almost literal in a way, right? Like you can have emojis of people dancing. There's a body there. Emojis of faces, right? All these other things. So they can serve different functions. And you're saying that they serve to support what we say, right? For example, in some cultures, you kind of talk more with your hands or more with your body. In English, a lot more with your intonation, right? And like we said earlier, a gesture might seem to be universal. (laughs) You might think it's always okay to do the okay sign, right? But in some cultures, that's kind of offensive. We tend to think of these gestures as being, the word I want to use is emblematic. So we think, hey, here's a thing. Everybody knows what I mean. I'm going to use this thing. You know, I know, I know, you know, you know, I know, you know, but that's not always the case. (laughs) So have you, have you ever had any issues with this being the case? My words are not clear. I'm going to use kind of a gesture. So I'm going to use emoji. Did you ever have that backfire on you? I don't
1: think I've had that situation before, Mm
0: -hmm. but Mm
1: -hmm. I have this situation in which using body language didn't mean.
0: Hmm.
1: But I expected.
0: Oh, what happened?
1: I, well, it was actually not my body language. It was my sister's body language. We were in, in Italy. Hmm. And we were staying at the house of an old lady. And she would always make breakfast. Like every morning we would have like breakfast. And we would always be talking with her. But I don't speak Italian and my sister does. So hmm. I was just like listening. And I was looking at one person and then... To the other person and I laughed if they laughed because I didn't understand <laughs> anything. <laughs> and then and then the lady was making some questions to my sister, and my sister was answering, but she was like doing this, like when you move your finger up and down. Oh yes, yes. And I just saw the face of the lady and like she had a face like she didn't have any clue of what my sister was trying to say, and then I was like, hey, Rosie, I think that doesn't mean the same thing that it means in Mexico. <laughs> <As> I <if> do like <laughs> Really? <laughs> and then my sister asked the lady. Mm-hmm. She was like, "Do you know what this means?" And she said, "Like, I have no idea." Uh-huh, well, uh-huh. Obviously, I didn't understand the conversation very well at that moment when my sister explained this to me. But it was like, "Oh, it's because in Mexico, when we do this." Mm-hmm means yes, and when Mm -hmm, you move it, mm -hmm. this is no. And she said, okay, this means no, like when you move from side to side, this means no in Italy, Mm -hmm. but if you move it up and down, it doesn't mean anything. It
0: doesn't mean anything at all. Yeah, Yeah, and so this is a really great example because here we are, we're recording this as a video, but some people are listening to this podcast audio only, and so they might have missed a lot of what we just said. And imagine trying to explain just this little gesture. If you're just listening, you can't see that I'm doing this. I have to like use many words to describe, okay, my finger's kind of straight. It's kind of curled and it's going from up and down. If you're familiar in maybe a lot of American or North American English gestures, there's one that says like, come here, where my finger is curling this way. If you say, oh, my palm is up here. Oh, no, no. You turn your palm frontward and you It takes a lot, right? To explain a gesture. And often we have a whole word for the verb, right? And tell me if you have a word in Spanish for that gesture we were talking about. Because in English, we have words like wink. That's a verb. We have maybe thumbs up. That's a noun. I can visualize that gesture. In Spanish, do you have a verb for that gesture?
1: I don't think there's a verb. Uh-huh. But I think that actually this became very popular. So if somebody here is listening and this person is from Mexico or from Latin America, They will remember El Chavo del Ocho. So El Chavo del Ocho will always say, eso, 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 eso. (laughs) Or like, yes, yes, yes. And he would always move his finger up and down.
0: And that was a TV show, right? It was a series
1: uh,
0: back in the day. It was a series. Yes. So if you're familiar with the series, you would be familiar with the character and how he was moving. And all of this serves as, we already said, like gestures can be emblems. And gestures can be kind of like co-speech, right? That it can serve to reinforce those things. But here you go, because I'm in Mexico too right now. And the first time I saw this gesture, to me, I didn't know either. Like it had no significance to me. And I thought, is this person going to tickle me? Like to me, it was like a gesture you'd do to a little kid if you're going to tickle them. And it was close to that. But adults were doing this to me and I was an adult and I kind of realized they always did it when they're eating and they (laughs) took me a while to figure it out. Nobody ever told me. But then I realized that, oh, here's a gesture that means yes when for some reason they can't say the yes, supporting the yes. But imagine if instead of me doing finger going down in the front, what if I did this? That wouldn't mean the same thing, right? If I did that kind of come here gesture, right? Same idea, if I were gonna give somebody the finger, right? If I did it this way, that wouldn't really work because we sometimes think that they're universal, but they're not. So here's a question for you. We just said in a physical gesture, if I do it wrong, that's a problem. But let's say it's my birthday next week. And let's say, Daniel, you send me an emoji to say happy birthday. And you send me the full cake with the candles. And then I have another friend who sends me the cake slice. And somebody else sends me the gift. And somebody else sends me the balloons. And somebody else sends me the bow. Does that mean different things to you? Or do they all kind of mean happy birthday to you?
1: I think all of them mean happy birthday
0: so you wouldn't be 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 upset if somebody gave you the balloons versus the cake right you wouldn't be like that's not happy birthday you would have no problem with that right no
1: i wouldn't have any problem because in my mind all of those things are related to a birthday party those are things that i can link to the situation to the birthday Mm
0: -hmm. party and they're all close enough they all accomplish the job of wishing a happy birthday right and yet as we said some emoji has to be just the right one right or the meaning kind of doesn't come across and i don't know if you remember this but when emoji first started being a thing and like different platforms wanted to have emoji let's say ios versus android versus blackberry i think at the time all the platforms they were slightly different and people got really upset about this do you remember that
1: i don't remember but i don't know if my mind is playing some tricks on me Uh uh-huh But I think that when you send one emoji from one cell phone, let's say Android, to an iPhone, (laughs) so I think, and I'm not really sure if this is the right memory, that you would not get it in the right format.
0: Yes, that's exactly what happened. Uh Uh-huh, sometimes there was just like a square, or sometimes something would be different, like the girl in the red dress maybe had a green dress, or you'd just get like a black square sometimes, and people would get really upset. About this, because some things have a really specific meaning and they're what we call that emblem. And it's supposed to do a job. And then sometimes they're just co speech and they kind of function to support what we're saying. And maybe, like you said earlier, kind of add some emotion behind it, clarification a little bit, but not necessarily it has to be this black and white thing. I find that very interesting because sometimes we're really specific and sometimes we're like, eh, that's cool. Whatever you want. And I think that.
1: That was one of the reasons why they needed to create like an entity Mm -hmm. that regulates emoji. Mm -hmm. Like a specific company who is in charge of making sure that the code is the same across the board.
0: Yes, yes. Because
1: as I was doing my research for this interview, I found that there is something that is called unique code
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: and what they do is that for example they are like la real academia española like (laughs) it's like the entity that regulates spanish (laughs) Mm -hmm,
0: mm, which we don't have in english which i find funny which
1: which doesn't exist in english (laughs) Uh (laughs) yeah i don't know why it doesn't exist in english yeah
0: let's have a global language that nobody regulates (laughs) okay that's gonna work and it is good right because things change and things evolve and we just kind of go with the punches but many languages do have this like regulatory body and Unicode. I don't know all of their function. I don't know if they create the things or it's an application process they have to have to go through. But I know, like, for example, Nike can't be like, well, we'd like a Nike emoji. Like, they're going to say no to that because it has to be something for everybody. So I know that there's an application process. You were talking about the Unicode. And what was interesting about that for you?
1: That they approve the emojis that are going to be available. Uh-huh, and they uh-huh. make sure that the same emoji works on different platforms. Mm, so for that mm. reason, if you're using Android, if you're using Windows, if you're using iOS, there's always going to be a way that will work. And the other thing is that they approve, which are going to be the new emojis. Yes. So it's like, if you want to propose something, I think that you can vote. I also found of this other website that is called Emojipedia, I think.
0: Yes, Emoji.
1: And then people vote for what they want.
0: Mm -hmm, And it's mm -hmm. like, this
1: year, these were the most voted emoji. And some of them have been like taken to Unicode and it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, we approve this. We approve this. We Mm -hmm. don't approve this other, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. But it's actually really interesting.
0: Yeah. I think that's really cool because it shows how much we value and it shows that we feel like we need more. We feel like we can't say enough with what we already have. I don't know if you've had this experience. I've had two kind of opposite experiences. One is... I'm looking for an emoji. I'm, like, I'm looking for something very specific. And I'm like, what? How is it possible that this thing doesn't exist? Like, this is pretty universal, right? This thing that I'm looking for. I think it's pretty common. And I'm like, how is it possible this doesn't exist? And then on the flip side of that, I've had a lot of experiences where I'm going through the emoji and I'm like, can I use this? Why is this taking up space here? <laughs> That's how I've experienced it. Have you had the same thoughts?
1: Yes. I think that there are two emojis that are missing. One of them, mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. Um, and the other one could be whatsapp
0: because nice.
1: whatsapp is used in many different countries and oh, it's like yeah. how come you don't have a whatsapp
0: mm-hmm. emoji yeah like we have a phone right but we don't have anything to specifically say to text if i were texting you daniel when would i need to communicate the word or the idea of wi-fi like i go to a coffee shop and there's a picture of wi-fi right and that's pretty it seems to be pretty universal When do you say the word Wi-Fi? When do you gesture the word Wi-Fi? Does that come up for you? Is that why you found a need for it?
1: I found it because I use Airbnb a lot. I travel a lot. And sometimes when they send you text messages, it's like, okay, you can simplify all your texts or you can make it more Uh appealing. Because sometimes you don't read everything. You're just like trying to find something that is going to tell you, like, okay, here is where you have the information. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when they send you text messages, I think that, you don't read everything because you don't need everything. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. But if you were scrolling down on the text message, especially when they give you like a kilometric <laughs> text message, <laughs>
0: uh-huh. you could just
1: find the Wi-Fi emoji mm. and you would know that there you will find the password.
0: And on that note too, emoji are searchable, right? Like you can copy and paste into the search function. Emoji it's really easy to search for them, which is something I really like and also it's a it's one character within the line, right? Whereas if you look at whether you want to say gifs or gifs, um, stickers, right? These things, they take up multiple lines. They take up a lot of space. Emoji is like fluid. It's just like within the line of text. So it's really easy to read. It's searchable, right? We now have this way to keep out a lot of useless emoji because imagine if there were too much there. And also like there's an application process to kind of get the ones that we want in there by voting. I think the system we're kind of developing is becoming more and more useful. So I'm curious for you, Daniel, do you remember any of the other, like the history behind emoji? Like where did it come from originally?
1: Oh, yes. Emoticons.
0: (laughs) Okay. So explain the difference for people who might not know both words and kind of how one led to the other, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah. Emoticons are... When you use symbols, like for example, you use semicolons, columns, parentheses, and so on in order to make a happy face, a sad face. Like I mm-hmm. was like the first expression of feelings on text. <laughs> and then I don't remember like the story but then there was this person from japan and he was like okay let, let's make this emoji mm-hmm. and he created the first emoji that had color it was like a small picture or mm-hmm, like a small mm-hmm. image of something mm-hmm. and it was to represent an emotion with an image
0: mm. yeah that's a big leap and i think there was another thing that people used to do they used to also use punctuation a lot of lines, vertical lines, horizontal lines, and like make entire pictures, right? You could see a whole forest or you could see a name kind of mapped out. So I feel like we've always had this need to like do more, right? And punctuation is kind of the building blocks of that, right? We had little dots, we had little kind of commas, we had slashes, dashes, lines, all these things. I feel like we just kind of took that and we ran with it. We went crazy, but I still use both too. I still use Emoticons, right, I also like to use GIFs, and GIFs I also find are very gestural, right, because there's often movement in there, and people really respond with faces, right, or animals and things like that. But stickers, I don't know. I'm not on board with stickers too much yet. What about you?
1: I prefer stickers.
0: Do you? (laughs) Do you? Tell me more about that.
1: But obviously only with friends or with family, not Mm. for work. Mm -hmm. Because you know that sometimes there are very funny stickers to use.
0: Oh, that's a good point. Maybe that's why I'm not with stickers as much. But also, I find stickers are a lot of work. I feel like I have to like, you have to download a sticker pack and then you have to find the right sticker. And like, I'm a bit lazy, to to be quite honest. And I feel like when I have a, a GIF, I can just, boom, I can just search for it and find one that's already made. Also, there's people that like make their own stickers and they make their own GIFs and they make their own stuff. I'm not that into it. I haven't done any custom, actually. No, I'm lying. I did do some custom emoji for my Discord server. The moderator of our Discord server, William, he made it. So I know people make custom emoji, but that's a whole nother level for me. Have you ever done any of that? Made some custom emoji or your own stickers, anything like that?
1: I didn't know that you could make your own emoji. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is interesting. I'm learning this. Yeah. I think that I've Only made like a couple of stickers just to make fun of some friends. Like Mm. you take a picture and it's like, hey, your face was very fun here. So So let's make it a sticker.
0: Oh, nice. nice. I don't even know how to do that. Those are skills that I don't have, but I think it's interesting. So going back to the emoji, you can make something that is used in the space of an emoji, let's say as a reaction to something. But of course, it's not like approved, right? It's not like an approved emoji or anything by Unicode. But you can do something that serves the function of that so we had emoticons we had emojis now it's evolved into these other things what do you think about that and do you think any of those are better than the others do you think one's going to last longer like where's it going is my question
1: yeah at the beginning i thought that it was going to be like the evolution process like Mm. first emoji and then Everybody was going to stop using emoji and they would transition to gifts, and then they would transition to stickers. Mm. But probably the objective is the same. but mm-hmm. the way you use them is different because for example, when you're writing, sometimes your iPhone can identify a word and it can replace it with an emoji, which is mm-hmm. something that is definitely not going to happen with a GIF or with stickers, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. for example, gifts you will need to be searching for the right GIF. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you're sending a text message, like for example, in my case that I don't like to text and usually my messages are super short and it's like, okay, yes, got it. Uh-huh, I will see uh-huh. you there on my uh-huh, way, uh-huh. right? Like usually my text messages are very short Mm -hmm. and I don't have the time. I'm not willing Mm -hmm. to investigate or to try to find the correct gift that I want to send. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for example, with stickers, it's very easy to find them for me because even though I have many stickers saved in my phone, I only use like five and it's like, okay, (laughs) just go to stickers. And then, okay, this is the one that I normally use. And it's like a kid. Who is laughing and that's it.
0: They floated Uh, to the top. These ones that you use the most most often.
1: Yeah, exactly. But for example, if you are sending a text message, it suggests the emoji that you can Mm -hmm. use. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is the one that I'm that's super easy.
0: I think you said something important. You said, Oh, I've already got these stickers downloaded. I haven't done that yet. So that's why (laughs) that's why I think I don't use stickers as much. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So at the beginning I thought that it was going to be like part of the evolution, but I think that they just came here to work together and you can use one, you can use the other. And it also depends on people. Like I have friends who it's like they send a text message and it's like, okay, you use this sticker and then you use this other and then you use this other. And it's like, I don't have the patience to be like searching and searching and Mm, searching. mm. Sometimes I don't even text. Like, my friends, I think they hate me sometimes because <laughs> I send very long voice notes. Uh, and it's like I did this, I might say that, and uh-huh. okay, that's easier.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I give voice notes sometimes, and the first thing people say is, "I'm sorry for sending a voice note because, like, I can't always <laughs> listen to a voice note. I'm maybe I'm in a class or I'm driving, and that's difficult or something like that." So there's like not a hierarchy, but a etiquette. There's like an etiquette to using all these different forms of communication now in a seamless kind of way and being able, it's almost a fluency, right? It's like a fluency in let's say gifts, right? I feel like there's trends in gifts, right? Oh, here's this one and it's new and it's hot and it's trending and then it goes away. And then there's this other gift. Maybe I'm just an old lady now, but I feel like I don't have the time. I don't have the patience, you know? And another thing that I do, I don't know if you do this, when I'm like kind of sick of talking to somebody, Sorry to all my friends now. I'm probably admitting something horrible truth. But when, if I'm just like sending an emoji and that's it, no words, it's kind of like I'm done having this conversation with you. <laughs> like to me, it's a conversation ender. Do you do that?
1: Exactly. But what happens when then they reply with another emoji or uh-huh. with another words?
0: I think that it depends on
1: how you feel at that moment. Mm-hmm. Because for example, I'm normally not the kind of person who likes to text. So I yeah. always prefer to have a phone call. And that's better for me. But I know that on some occasions I cannot call somebody. So it's just like, okay, just a quick voice note because I'm not going to be typing like for one or two minutes if this is Mm -hmm. something that I can just record in 15 seconds or Mm -hmm, less. mm -hmm. And when I am in the mood to chat with someone, sometimes you are very happy and then you send an emoji, you send a GIF or whatever you want to send. And when they don't reply with anything, Mm -hmm. it's like, what's going on? Like... (laughs) Like, you should reply with something, right? Yeah. But when I am not in the mood and when somebody sends a sticker or when somebody sends an emoji, it's like, I just ignore it. Because it's like, you will know if I read or if I saw the emoji because you know that WhatsApp marks the two uh the tics, blue check right? marks. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: but I think that it depends.
0: Yes, but moment. some people also turn off the blue check marks, right? So I have this friend that doesn't do the blue check marks. And I'm like, well, I don't know if he got my message. I don't know. That was three days ago or... That was five minutes ago. So you only know if and when the person responds. So I feel like there's an etiquette to that too. And I think so far you can't say, I'm going to use blue check marks with Daniel, but I'm not going to use blue check marks with this other person because I just don't want them to know if I read their messages or not. I believe, at least right now, that you can either have them on or you can have them off. And I don't know how I feel about people who don't do the same strategy as me. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think that it's just because people want to keep that private.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Because I think that if you turn them off, you do it like for everybody and you cannot like choose like, okay, it's going to be on for you and it's going to be off for you. Mm-hmm. But something that I feel is that if it is not so important, you send it by text. Like text mm. it. If it is mm. super important, oh, Because... Yeah. I have like this rule. If this is going to be something that is going to require like more than three or five text messages, I prefer to call.
0: Ah, that's right? a really good way to think about it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Call or voice note. Mm-hmm. If this is not so important and if this is not so urgent, yeah. voice note is okay. But if this is something for which I require like a fast response, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I better call you. And then if you pick up, That's great if you cannot pick up because you're busy, because whatever. Okay, I send you a voice note or a text message, but just saying, please call me as soon as you can, or I can just say, this is related to this thing, so please call me whenever you get a chance, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, If it is something urgent, I think that people should not send a text message. Unless really, like the proof, right?
0: Like you said, it's some kind of evidence, and that's the purpose. The purpose isn't emergency communication. Yeah, if my phone is ringing, somebody got hit by a bus. Probably. But for most other things, somebody can either send me a text or a voice note. But yeah, it's, it seems to be that that's a consensual hierarchy among most people. Maybe it's just the younger people now. We prefer to deprioritize the text and really prioritize the spoken word. And maybe that's because in the past, books were revered, right? Books were so important and not everybody was literate. Like, literacy was something that was much, much more difficult, you know, the further back in the past you go. So it used to be that writing was much more formal. And we're still kind of, I feel, navigating this idea of using written language so informally. And we're trying to still figure out how to be this formal, how to be that formal, and how to talk to these people, and where does emoji fit in, and why doesn't it, and things like that. Does that make sense, what I'm trying to say?
1: Are you saying that now it is easier to express something in words? I would say
0: that that is true, yeah. It is easier to use writing to express casual things, right? So before, writing was always formal, and it was for essays, and it was for books, and it was for these things, but then nowadays, well, writing's for everything, right? Writing can be quite informal. And even we can say emoji, it's now like a gesture. it's a body. It's a thought, even. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. and I think that part of the reason why it is easier now to write it's because we have emoji, and it's also easier to read because if I send a text message to my niece who yes. is just learning how to write and read, I can just send a very short word. That I know she's going to be able to understand and to read syllable by syllable mm-hmm. and an emoji mm-hmm. or probably mm-hmm. just an emoji or a sticker or a gif and she's going to get the message
0: or a whole line right a lot of pre-literate children they'll just send you strings of emoji you have to interpret maybe what they're saying you'll see like two puppy dogs and a heart and a balloon and you're thinking mm, did I miss their birthday do they want to go to the park like you, you might not know exactly what they're saying but they're expressing to you in a way that they can in a way that they recognize. So I think people who are just not literate in general, even if they're like adults, these are things that can help, you know, people. And, and so like, boy, I'm really happy that we have emoji.
1: And actually that is also part of inclusion.
0: Mm, good because point.
1: Yeah. And now that this is the inclusive month, <laughs> you are including other people who don't know how to read. They don't know how to spell words. So it's like, okay, you're including them also, so that they can also be part of communication.
0: Good point. I didn't even think of that. When you said that inclusivity, that also made me think of all the different like kind of skin tones you can get now, right? I love that it's there, but sometimes I forget that I have to choose those things. And then I think I like sent this emoji and it totally didn't. It's just sitting there with like all the colors at the top. (laughs) So I guess things are changing and we have to also remember that things are constantly changing, not just language, but now our visual representation of our thoughts as well. So we talked about, what are emoji? (laughs) They're kind of gestures, they're a support to language. I think people originally thought that, oh, emoji, it's gonna be its own language. And people were kind of thinking that that would be the evolution. But like, no, we just said, you know, often children will do entire strings of emoji and it means something to them, but we can't decode it in the way that it was meant. You and I, we can't have a whole conversation in just emoji. It doesn't work. So it's not a language. It supports language. I think it makes things more human. And as you described, you can decide how much or how little of an interaction you might have with a person based on how much emoji that you used. So we talked about their function. We said how some things, they have to be specific. Other things can be very very general and maybe suggestive of the thing. We said where emoji kind of comes from, the history of emoji. You were saying how you thought there was going to be kind of like a step-by-step evolution, but in fact, everything is working together to kind of make our communication richer.
1: And for example, you, Bianca, because a moment ago we were talking about emoji in business, right? Mm -hmm. But for example, when you are texting another person just because you want to get his or her services. How do you feel when this person replies to you using emoji or using GIFs or using something?
0: Uh, Oh, that's a good question. So on the other side of things, right? Because it's like we often like echo somebody else, right? We use the similar words as them. If we're live, we kind of gesture the same way. We do this like postural echoing as well. We want to fit with whoever we're talking to. So it is kind of a tricky thing, right? When you first communicate with somebody, where do you hit? Do you hit high? Do you hit low? Do you hit casual? Do you hit academic? It's like you're fishing, kind of, right? And you don't always know. I think maybe the answer for me lies in the medium or the platform. So if somebody, let's say, found me on Instagram, there's a certain level of formality that I would expect. If somebody found me on LinkedIn, I'm expecting probably no emoji, right? And like we said earlier, there's no real reason for that. It's just that we kind of collectively haven't decided that emoji kind of fits in that space. So if somebody sends me an email versus a WhatsApp message versus Telegram, you know, Telegram, I'm expecting stickers. So I think to me, my answer is it probably depends on the platform. Because that seems to be where the formality lies. What about you?
1: I think that it depends on the company and it depends on the service, right? Because mm-hmm. for example, Mega Cable is a company that sells internet mm-hmm. and I have reached out to them on WhatsApp and uh-huh. sometimes reply using emoji and it's like, oh, I don't see it as something bad, but. I think that the reason why that happens is because I know that there's some kind of relationship between that company and I, because that's the service that I have. Mm -hmm. So probably they want to make the customer feel a little bit more like welcome or more like if they were hugging you, like, okay, we're Mm -hmm. going to give you you a (laughs) pretty good service. But if there was something a little bit more formal, Like, for example, if I was complaining or something, I would never use emoji. And I know that they would not use emoji for that because Uh they would like to have like a serious tone. Uh I think that it also depends on what kind of communication you're having with a company. I think that companies can use emoji Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Depends on what kind of conversation you're having.
0: Yeah. And maybe the company itself. Like, I think I might feel a little weird with a bank sending me emoji, right? Because no matter the conversation, I want to know that this is my bank and this is not a scam. You know, something like that. Like when you see misspellings, right? When you see these things, there's this element of like not trusting them as well. So like you said, there's a level of comfort. Trust is involved. But I think it'd be suspicious if my bank started sending emojis, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But for example, Netflix does a great job. I don't know if you follow Netflix on Facebook or Twitter or something.
0: No, tell me more about this.
1: They are super funny really like sometimes yeah they make jokes and sometimes they use emoji and they yeah like they uh, get on the train wagon
0: uh-huh. on the bandwagon <laughs> and
1: it's like oh that's really funny <laughs> they are really good yeah
0: i feel like it's a skill i guess it's like communication and gestures in general right you've got let's say comedians who nail it right they nail their intonation they got the right pausing the right delivery the gestures, how they stand, communication is a lot more than just the words, like we said earlier, right? The words on the page are pretty sterile. they don't have a lot of body to them. But if you can use that tool of emoji and those things really well, I think that just adds that adds to your message, whether it's a corporate message or a personal message, it just adds a lot more. If the receiver knows what you're talking about, because like we said earlier, some people look at this emoji and they don't know what it means. Do you remember? I think it was one of our first conversations about emoji. There was some emoji that you were confused by. It was something about a moon. Do you remember that?
1: I think that it was a moon. I don't remember very well, but I think that the moon... I don't remember if it was a moon or if it was like the eyes. There's some eyes that are looking right or Mm -hmm. left. I don't Mm -hmm. remember. Mm -hmm. But I thought that that had a normal meaning and it ended up being something a little bit... Kinky.
0: Oh, is that?
1: It was one of those two. (laughs) You don't know how to use them. Don't use them.
0: (laughs) You're not on the in group, right? Do you remember? There used to be a lot of websites or like news things like ten emojis parents need to know that their kids are using or. 10 emojis that you need to learn now. And I feel like there sometimes there's trends around them or there's like a double meaning to something that may or may not last. There's some double meanings that last quite a long time, right? Like eggplant is, everybody knows what eggplant means, right? And nobody can have bubble anymore because, sorry, your eggplanted emoji is now ruined for most people. And so I think like the more you know about it, the more skillful that you can be, you know? And I know I've learned. Do you remember... When Emoji started being used more, do you remember the dates?
1: I don't remember if it was 1990 or 1999. Mm -hmm. I think that it was 1999.
0: Okay. Yeah, it probably started earlier and it took a while to take off, right? I know my first cell phone, I was kind of late to the cell phone game, cell phone party. But my very first cell phone had the game Snake on it. I don't know if you ever had that game on your cell phone. So I remember when... Emojis were, at least on my phone, were black and white. And then I'm like, oh, they're in color too. (laughs) I think you and I are of an age where like we weren't born with all emoji already there. So we kind of had to learn it as it came out and learn as we go. And I'm curious to see in the future, like we had to learn. We kind of had to create meaning together as a society within friends or whatever. And I'm curious now, little kids that come about, right, all the emojis there or most of it. So things are being added, but I'm really curious to see how they might think differently about things.
1: Yeah, that probably they would have like a totally different interpretation of one emoji. Like a whole
0: different sense of it than you or I do, right? Yeah.
1: (laughs) My mom is definitely the kind of person who would use the eggplant. Without knowing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) She's like, oh, you're going to a shopping list here? Give me some eggplant. And you're like snickering.
1: (laughs) You know, like Like, if you only knew.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so I feel like some meanings have staying power and some things are kind of trends. So these trends might, they might just pass me by very often. Or there's stuff that the kids are using these days that I have no idea. Just like words as well, they change meaning. So it's almost like maybe we have to learn, like we already have to kind of keep up with language, like. Oral language, written language, now we have to keep up with emoji and stickers and gifts and, and all the stuff. I feel yeah. like it's a complicated world, but we can express ourselves a lot more clearly yeah. these days, at least. So thank you, Emoji, and, for being there.
1: Yeah, and that is just part of language evolution. Sometimes it's not only emoji, sometimes it's not only gifts. sometimes these are the expressions, right? Like, for example, right now that everybody says in Spanish, queso. And it's like, what's la queso? And the, please, please explain. Like when somebody says la queso in, in Spanish, they would complement this with la queso porte. Like for example, okay. if you can put up with it.
0: Aww.
1: And it's like, I think that now this is well known by a lot of people. But at the beginning, I remember myself like Googling, what does la <laughs> queso mean? But and it, this it is new ones. for me.
0: You're kind of explaining it to me, but that's the first thing I might do too, is I would like try to look it up. Things are like always changing. And for me... I just presume that most nuanced things in Spanish, I'm like, oh, it's probably sexual. It's probably just a reference to some things.
1: Also, like, for example, recently, I started to see a lot of people saying, it's giving, it's giving, it's giving. And I actually made a TikTok video about it. Like, mm-hmm. let's say, it's giving Britney. It's giving mm-hmm. breakup. giving mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, it's giving what? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, Google. <laughs> <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I found that it's like, it's giving blah 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 vibes i see like it's giving breakup vibes uh-huh, and uh-huh. you will only say it's giving breakup
0: i see i see i see if you're super early and you hear something maybe it's too early and you go to look it up and it's not there and then you're like did i hear that correctly is that like did they just misspeak like why are 10 people doing this now and so like when you make a video that helps to kind of spread that new usage because things are always changing and I feel good when I know these things, when I'm, like, keeping up on the things. I think the day that I stop caring about these things, that's the day I'm going to say, okay, I'm an old, like, old lady who is just like, go on, kids, get off my lawn, and I'm just not going to care about those things anymore. So, thankfully, thankfully, we enjoy the change, because I think when we stop enjoying the change, that's an indication that we're, like, too old to care.
1: Yeah, and it's good (laughs) to accept change. Sure. And it's good to accept that that people can express themselves in many different ways mm-hmm. the other day i got this comment on one of my tiktok videos and i was explaining that sometimes you don't need to say the whole words like what do you want to do that you can mm-hmm. say what do you want to do mm-hmm. And but you don't say what do you that you mm-hmm. say what do you and i got mm-hmm. this comment this person saying you should teach correctly because that is super informal you should teach correctly and i was like no because people need to know that this exists Uh and uh and then it's up to them if they want to use this or if they don't if they want to sound very formal and if they don't want to sound very formal because even though in some formal aspects or in some companies your boss is going to talk to you like that just Mm. because it is simpler and it's like we need to embrace the way people speak it's like It applies to spoken language, written language. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know when to use what and when not to use. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is applicable to emoji, to GIFs, to everything. It's just part of the evolution that a language has. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there are many things that even in Spanish, like people say, I don't know, something. And then just because a lot of people are using it, Real Academia Española, which is this regulatory system, it's like, okay, now let's make it valid because this is what people are doing. Mm-hmm. This is what people are saying. So we need to reflect reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we cannot force reality to be aligned with us.
0: Yeah, you can't stop people from changing how they speak. You can't stop change for sure. The best thing you can do is try to record it, try to describe it. I think probably both of us are more on the side of descriptivism and just saying, like, well, here's what people are doing, make your choice, versus the prescriptivists. Point of view which is like here's right and here's wrong so i think we're on the same team which is descriptivist right exactly
1: <laughs> very good
0: so let's just do a quick recap it's world emoji day happy emoji day for everybody i love always talking to daniel about these things there's so many stories i'm gonna tell you one quick story and then we're gonna say goodbye today okay so when i don't know if i've told you this story before i could be shooting myself in the foot here but we're both in mexico right now And I came to Mexico about five years ago, and I was invited to come and teach in a school, which I did. First real day of teaching, I had never taught in a classroom before, right? In a classroom, in like a high school classroom. I had taught in plenty of classrooms for adults and things like that. And you try to get those students to speak in the target language, right? As much as possible, because that's their opportunity. And sometimes in the past, you know, people slip into other languages and you want a gentle reminder. And I used to say, like, E is for English, and it worked, worked really well. So I get to this school in Mexico, and I I thought, oh, oh, there's that trick, right? All the kids, all the girls, they're all talking in Spanish. I thought, mmm, I am gonna do this trick. And I thought, oh, this is awesome because my boss is walking by the window right now. And I raised my hand, and I did this sign language, and I was like, okay, girls, E is for English, E is for English. And at first they were kind of laughing and then they started doing it and they were like, yes, E is for English, E is for English. And my boss is walking by and I'm thinking, yes, I am the best teacher in the world. And then I found out later that my gesture did not mean what I thought it meant. So when I do what I think is like a sign language for the letter E, what do you get out of that?
1: Yeah, I remember that because when I was younger, I remember that I wanted to learn how to speak ah. with my hand, how to do. The gestures, and I was learning the alphabet. And mm-hmm. my dad and I have a very funny relationship because we're always like in joking and so on. And sometimes it's a little bit heavy, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we would play with that a lot <laughs> with the <an> E sign. <laughs>
0: ah, yes. So the E sign. So my boss walks by. I'm super proud of myself. Right later, one of the students takes me aside and she says, "Teacher, teacher doesn't mean what you think it means." And she said, basically, in traffic, it's kind of like a fuck you, right? It's how you might use this to people. So whereas I would use a middle finger to say that in traffic, she said, oh, no, in Mexico. And I don't know if it's all of Mexico, but certainly here in Guadalajara and probably for you in Aguascalientes, it's more like that's the gesture that you would do. So <laughs> little story yeah. to close out today using our gestures and picking the right ways to talk to each other physically physically emoji wise all of these other things i don't know if i had told you that story before so i wanted to make sure to bring that up today because i thought it was relevant yeah
1: remember that and yeah. i also remember another one with my sister we were also traveling and then when it's like they stopped the car because they are allowing you to cross the street mm-hmm. in mexico another way in which you can say thank you it's like showing the back part of your ah, pump uh-huh. it's like, oh, okay, thank you and you show the yeah. back part of your pump and In some other countries, it can be something disrespectful also. So I remember that we were crossing the street and my sister was like, oh, thank you, thank you. And I was like, you better not do that because we don't know if that has the same meaning here. We already talked about yes, how to say yes. So I don't want to take the risk. And then I don't remember if I saw that it was in Italy or in a different country, that doing that is really disrespectful. Mm. Okay, (laughs) I don't want to have a guy getting out of his car
0: Why did you get beat up in Italy? Because I couldn't keep my hands in my pockets. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Yeah, that can be tricky, navigating. And you mentioned earlier (laughs) something about saying yes, and there's like this dividing line. I think it's in Italy and Greece and somewhere where north of the line, they do this for yes. And south of the line, they do kind of like this. They shake their head the other way for a yes. So there's some really specific places where if you don't know where the gestures change, can change the meaning completely and that's just our physical gestures let alone our emoji i feel like things are getting more complicated but also more clear at the same time so i wanted to say daniel thanks for our annual emoji talk and where can people find you what do you want them to do right now to work on their language what's some parting thing that you would like for them to take action on right now
1: you can find me on tiktok instagram and facebook you can go to at pronunciationinfluency.com You can follow me if you want to continue learning some tricks about English. My first language is Spanish. So if you speak Spanish as a first language, it is going to be super good for you. And I also have this course. It's called Pronunciation, Confidence, and Fluency. If you want to join, you will find the link in my profile. So you can just enter there. You can see the description. I normally work with very small groups and everything is super personalized. So you get personal feedback. You get access to a platform. You never lose access to it. If there's any updates, you can just get access to those updates. It doesn't matter if your course has ended or not.
0: Okay. Mm. So I
1: invite you to follow me. And I'm sure that we are going to learn a lot of things together. Because as I told you before, this is not my first language. It's also my second language. I know that there are many things that I need to continue learning and improving. But that's how we are going to continue learning. Just like teaching, sharing the things that we know, and also accepting the things that we still need to continue learning.
0: Mm -hmm. That's the fun part, I think, is like knowing that there's always more out there, that curiosity, that's something I think we both share. And also, I don't know if you've had this, when, when I teach something, then I find out if I really know it, right? If I really, really know it is only when I teach it. So sometimes we discover those things as we're teaching. And I think there's a strength in that to say that. And I know that you have such strong programs. I love always talking to you. And so thanks again for coming today for our annual event of World Emoji Day. Woohoo! Excellent. Yes.
1: <laughs> thanks a lot for the invitation. And it's always great to talk.
0: Absolutely. Bye, Daniel. See you soon.
1: <laughs> uh, Bye. Thank you, Bianca. See you.
0: Thank you for listening to the episode today. I want to know, what was something that you found useful or interesting today? I would love it if you would DM me on Instagram at accent.coach.bianc and tell me what you'd like to hear more about. Even better, join my free Discord server. It's called Master an American Accent. It's my free community of accent enthusiasts just like you. I hang out there, and I answer questions live in my free office hours every Wednesday. In case you didn't know, subscribing and leaving podcast reviews on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, really does help me. And if you're in a financial position to give something back on Patreon, that supports me helping everyone else in the world with free expert content about accents like this. So if you're the kind of person who's serious about speaking with the accent that you want, you can join my challenge or my accent feedback club. Right now, you can get a free trial for your first week through Patreon. And by the way, if you prefer, you can also watch the full video versions of my podcast episodes on YouTube at Accent Coach Bianca. I release an episode about every two weeks, and the transcripts and captions are edited by hand for you, because I know how important they are. Until then, I hope to see you on Discord. Thanks again, and bye for now.